Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Shout out to my new listeners out there in Phoenix, Arizona. Welcome to the Real Talk of Robert Simmons Show. We are back. Happy New Year's. Uh, you guys haven't heard from me since November. We took the season three break, but we are back live. I am excited to be back. A lot of these Tuesdays, I did not even know what to do because I was so used to doing the show every Tuesday night. But thanks to people like you, we are back. Our numbers are up. Everything is looking good. Once again, Happy New Year. As many of you know, this is February, Black History Month, and we ended the year on such an exciting note, both bad and good, here in America. I thought it would only serve it right that my first show back in February would be on the topic of Black History Month. Where are we? Are we progressing backing up. I got a special guest uh, that's going to come on in a few minutes. Uh, this guy has a lot of experience in this topic. He's actually been in the news lately and everything. I mean, this this America right now, when it comes to the black people, or how some people like to say African-American, I, I usually I try not to say that because I feel like we're Americans. Um, it's, it's in an uproar. It's in a turmoil right now. And the question is, does racism still live? Obviously, it does in some fashion. Some of us want to ignore it. Uh, But, you know, with the Eric Garner case and the the things that's happening in Ferguson, Missouri, Trayvon Martin, Jordan Davis, right here in Jacksonville, where I'm located, so much is going on in our community. We cannot, we can no longer turn a blind eye or deaf ear to what's going on in our society. Once again, I'm so excited to be back. I'm just rambling because I am I am it's it's been it felt like it's been a year since we've been back on the air. Over the past few months I've had the opportunity to go to New Orleans, uh Houston, Phoenix, San Diego. I even stayed a day in Mexico and I gotta tell you, no matter where you go in America as I was traveling and I was talking about this topic right here from the East Coast to the West Coast, it is the same. We have a problem, and tonight we're going to open up. We're going to have a commercial-free hour of good, hardcore, real talk right here tonight on the show. Now, without further ado, this guy that I'm about to uh, introduce to the audience, I met a while back at an event that um, I was doing downtown here in Jacksonville, and uh, I didn't get a chance to go into depth with him on a lot of topics, but from what I see and reading what he, you know, posts and things like that, he seems to have a lot of knowledge. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce to my listeners, Mr. Dilo Seabrooks. How you doing, brother? Good, man. How you doing? Uh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. So uh, you're pretty active in the community, obviously, and uh, you're doing a lot. In, in the community here in Jacksonville and probably elsewhere. Go ahead and uh, let the audience know a little bit about you. Born and raised in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, I left a while ago. I left back in 94. 
go to Atlanta, New Orleans, did a lot of traveling back and forth to New York, around the country, um, opening up bookstores, doing lectures. Came back to Jacksonville, 2002, and I just, you know, came back into the city to get close to my family and uh, get involved. And so I've been back here okay. <clears throat> since then, staying involved, staying engaged. And, uh, you know, at some point in time, we had to uh, up the ante so we can uh, get get the attention and, and get, get the people's attention about what's really going on because uh, one of the biggest the biggest issues is complacency with our community. Mm-hmm. When I say I mean the so-called black or African-American or Moors, how we want to call ourselves, are uh, very complacent because they don't see men being uh, hanged in trees or they don't see the uh, the shootings that may take place late at night or, or inside of a vehicle. They're not seeing that. It's not on the doorstep, but it's still an issue, and it's a residual issue that's been taking place for over 150 years in this country. Well, I'm, I'm going to ask you the, the, the question of the night. It being black history and blacks or moors, however, you know, a lot of people use different words. Uh, we have accomplished a lot. You know, we, we, we can't deny that. However, is it true progress or are we backing up now? In, in your opinion, how do you feel about that? I like to quote Dr. Claude Anderson. And when we talk mm-hmm. about progress, we have to really look at progress. In 1860, you had over 200,000 black folks who owned one half of 1% of the world's wealth. And in 2015, black people still own one half of one half of the world's wealth. You understand? Right. The prison population, what it is today, was the same then. It has not changed. We've been placed in the system and been systematically left in the system. So the only progress that we're talking about today are only uh, individual accolades. We're not talking about a collective group. When we talk about collective group and progress, you mentioned people like the Asians, the Chinese, you mentioned, or you talk about the Jewish communities. But when you talk about black people, you're not talking about a black community. We're talking about progress because we haven't, we have not progressed as a people. We may have gotten some federal legislation passed because the federal government was the same ones that enslaved and the same one that so-called freed the people. So those are the same, that same system that would back their U.S. citizenship. You understand? But when right. it comes to uh, a collective progress, there have, there aren't any. You can't name a black community. You can name black neighborhoods. All the black communities have been destroyed out. When you talk about something like a bloody Saturday in the early in the, uh, 1918, what that led to the Harlem Renaissance. The Harlem Renaissance was because the Europeans in the South burned and murdered out the, the farm crops and the people. They had to get the hell out of Dodge, so they went to right. New York. They moved to Chicago. <laughs> they moved. To, they left Mississippi. You understand, to go to a different form of oppression, but it still was some yeah. form of, of freedom, better freedom than what was taking place in the Jim Crow South. Right, yeah, and, and, and there was definitely a huge migration uh, to Chicago during that era. Now, you do know there are going to be some blacks that are going to disagree with you, because, you know, I've gotten to this debate myself just right here locally. You know, there are some blacks that will say, hey, I, I can point out a number of different great accomplishments you know, that blacks have done, and I feel that we have progress. I, I don't think, you know, coming from slavery to now, uh, a lot of people feel is, 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 is progress. But something that I wanted to point out, I, had, I got into a debate with someone, and, it, and they brought up something very, very like, intriguing, how mm-hmm. mental slavery, mental slavery has done more damage than actual physical slavery of our people. Now, there are numbers to prove that we have uh, decrease in home ownership and, and, and ownership period and I just I, I wonder what, what's the reason for that here in America where, where we live in a first world country we have the opportunity and when you talk to a lot of what we call you know black conservatives they will tell you this they'll say well hey you know you, you, you grab your bootstrap and you get it going that's what's wrong with black people black people just want a handout I mean do you feel right. that 
we're 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 being held back because we feel like we're entitled. Because there, there there are some brothers that I know, you know, they talk about reparations all day long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what on on what I want. You know what 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 the I think say the man owes me. Like what's your what's your viewpoint on that? Uh, that was kind of a long question, there, Robert. Let me see if I can back it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, first. Um, when you talk about uh, for people saying we've progressed, I definitely like to hear three of them. When you talk about us as a collective, I like to hear the progress as a collective. I like right. to hear that, and I'm not talking about an Oprah Winfrey or Michael Jordan. I mean, I'm talking about a people that say, "Hey, let's go get a land, take that land, and call it our holy land, and let's get governments to cut us billion dollar checks every year." That's progress. You know what happens right. if you was to shoot a Jewish student? in the middle of the street by the police officer, they get a call from the Jewish state. You know that? Oh, absolutely. You know what happens? Absolutely. You know what happens? Oh, yeah. You know what happens when you kill a 19-year-old boy in the middle of the street leaving there for four hours? You know who you get a call from? Nobody. Let's talk about progress. You know who you have wow. come? You have the, the preachers, the same preachers from the 60s, permed out, suited up, <laughs> owing government $4 million. You understand? Stealing programs for Dr. King. They'll show up and bring the press, and then you got to pay them. You know what I'm saying? Right. They're not coming for free. That's what happens. Wow. So when you talk about progress, let's, let's really talk about the progress. We don't own anything. We don't control anything. You go to the grocery store that you don't own to buy your food. You don't manufacture your clothing. You aren't creating an industry to create jobs. And when you do create your own business, you are your only employer. You understand? So when we talk about right. progress, let's, let's, really, let's look at the numbers. When they so-called free people based on a signature, right, the proclamation, when they, when they freed the people, mm-hmm. they created something called a U.S. citizenship. You know what that is? That is a fiction. It does not exist. When you wow. look up where the U.S. citizen, it is a person who was born in the District of Columbia or territories or properties of the corporation called United States. You know what I'm saying? So wow. then you have to understand what is the United States? The United States is a corporation. It's a corporate, not the landmass of North, South, and Central America, but the United the States. Right. right. It it right. actually exists. It's 1871. They took the Washington, D.C. area and called it. That's why it's not a state. It's something different. It's a city state like London City, uh, the Vatican City, and the United States, the only three areas in the world that exist like that. So when we talk about progress, we have to understand the origin of certain things. So we are mm-hmm. the only people in North America that legislation was created not to vote, not to be separate and equal, ever. These, these legislations are in the law for us. So when you talk about buying a home and five years later it's worth less than half, if you buy a home, in, in your prestigious black area, and you buy a home in a prestigious white area, and they come in, same equal incomes, your property is valued less because you are still in whose system? The system, the same system that perpetuates uh, racism. So, and this is this was a study just put out by, uh, oh, I can't think of the name of it, but it's in Forbes. So, mm-hmm. In, in other words, uh, if a black person moves into the white neighborhood, oh, shit, the price went down. The stock just went down. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, funny, it's just, funny that you say it because even other black people feel that way. When when they move into a white neighborhood, let's say, and then another black person moves in, I've heard people say, like, oh, 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 oh there goes the neighborhood. So, but, you know. But here's the thing. Not to cut you off real quick, but here's, here's, here's the ideology and the mentality that our people have to adopt. Um. So what if your property is valued less than the other people's property? This is yours. You have to invest mentally and physically into your area and keep it up. You understand? So right. you still can get the money out if you want to go into further debt because, you know, basically buying homes puts you in debt. I mean, it's you know, it's the amount of money a small house costs. You have to borrow money unless you put in huge amounts of cash on it. But so – this this article even when she was talking about how that it it went into further putting people in debt and uh, you know we look into our neighborhoods we talk about how how it's devalued 
and it, you have to look at what took place to devalue the what the systems that took place to devalue our communities into neighborhoods. When the children, the second generation children left, they never returned. They never returned because there was no jobs. It wasn't a sustainable area. That's the legislative aspect that's supposed to take place by pre- creating resources for all areas of the city. People right. leave him like, man, there's no work in Jacksonville. Boom, where they go? They go to Atlanta. They go to Miami. They just get the hell out of Florida. They don't come back to that house that the parents own. So what comes next? Right. Renters. Right. Renters come in. Renters are not financially invested in that home or that neighborhood. They don't give a the damn about the right. 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 So that comes along for for decades. The property value is then immensely decreased, right? Wow. Then you have that, that, predatory that, that, lenders who loan who who come in the same area, get people homes. They can't afford the homes. They got to bounce. Now they have now you have boarded up houses. Then you have a mayor who come in and cut city workers in half, the budget in half. So now that that right away property that normally get cut once once or twice every other week is now cut in half to once a month. So now you have so now you have uh, blighted laws coming in to move those people up out of the area, to move those business for people just trying to make a dollar or 15 cents. Wow. But you have to look at the entire wow. thing. You don't fight poverty by just feeding the people. You fight on top of the system that created poverty. Poverty is a political control thing. You can end poverty wow. overnight by cutting checks, by actually trying to wow. engage the human element. Yeah, that's, 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 that's going to take a lot of work. If you guys listen to the show, the number to call in is 646-595-2490. Again, that number is 646-595-2490. And just to feed on something that you said earlier about uh, different mayors and uh, the political season right now, here locally in Jacksonville, we have an election coming up in, in, in March, and there are a lot of different candidates with different messages, uh, especially in some of our um, heavier – Black populated uh, districts here here in Jacksonville, and uh, if any of you guys out there want to call in and, and, and talk about that, uh, please be my guest. Number is six four six five nine five twenty four ninety. Because obviously we're going to have to work together. One one voice isn't going to get it. It's going to take unity. Um, something that that we seem to struggle with in, in in the community. And I hear a lot of people. I'm not from Jacksonville, however, I, I love the city. I think it has a lot of potential, but a lot of people that I see that are far from here, you know, they're they're really uh, saddened and and really there's like a, a level of discouragement here in in the city alone. But there, to me, seems to be uh, a lot of potential. So we're going to open up the phone lines, you know, after you respond to that. You know, for are you are you a native of Jacksonville? Born and raised. Born, born and raised. Almeda. Flag Street, that's my area. The same area I came back and bought oh, a house in. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. No side, well, no side um, till I die. I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm going to take it to, uh, to the phone lines, you know, quick, and we're going to take a few phone calls. See uh, yeah, right. what that said to people. Okay, caller, you're on the air. What's your name and where you from? I believe that Hello? would be me. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Can you yeah, hear me, Robert? Yeah. All right, yeah, Robert. How you doing? Right. That's, that's Ryan Sinclair. This is uh, Wendell Sam's candidate for City Council District 7. Brother Sam, what's going on with you, man? Hey, hey, how are you? Uh, uh, I want to say kudos, take head off to uh, the gentleman that was speaking. Uh, What is his name again? Dallas. Dallas. Oh, Seabrooks. Mm -hmm. Uh, You are absolutely correct, sir. a lot of people won't have this particular fortitude to say that, but you are right. Uh, on the other side of that is now it's time for change. Uh, and there are so many entities about what you were saying that I could uh, respond on. Uh, but let me just say. Wait, go, 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 go. You go ahead and give it to us. We got a commercial free hour. Okay, let me just uh, say a couple of things. One, uh, about the land. Uh, You made uh, the uh, eloquent comment about how the land is uh, valued more 
in white suburban areas than it is in black suburban areas. Uh, mm. That's true. But when we vote the right people in office that have the direction, the vision, we can implement change for the better so that we can increase the property values uh, in those areas. And, and what constitutes a specific area only when uh, our, our white counterparts come into it to say now that we've moved into it, we deem this location to be historical. Well, it should have been historical before you moved there. The problem is, is we have to educate our people. And so, so would, I'm you, gonna would you say that a part of and go ahead, walk go ahead, with go ahead. them and walk with them? Uh, for instance, and I'll say this, and this is a prime example. Our city council people should be a part of our community, not uh, hide behind city hall's walls. Uh, progress and prosperity and growth in our districts and in our city stems from uh, the weakest link because we are as strong as our weakest link. And if we elect someone in office that's a weak link, then that weakens the entire chain. so we have to make sure that we get the right people in office. One person cannot do everything by themselves. And yeah, well, he's also can't do any, everything. But one of the, one of the biggest right. problems that I think that I see in in a community, honestly, uh, few politicians that I haven't around, I feel like the wrong people are running. I feel like the people that should run don't run. <laughs> not 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 in every case. Not in every case. But there's a lot of wisdom and knowledge out there, and it's like, you know, sometimes, you know, a brother might come off too radical to be a politician. You know, they say, well, he needs to be more diplomatic. Right. You know? But now now the question is, who says, and, and, and I agree with you, but I have to pose the question now. So who says that person needs to be more diplomatic? Who says that person you. is not diplomatic? Go ahead. I can tell you because I ran for city council and I pulled out of the race. I couldn't do the dog and pony show. I couldn't show up to movie events. I shake hands and not be seen. The work, the work is always going to be done in the community. If our leaders, our so-called elected officials and leadership, is not are not organizing the poor people, we're never going to make a change. If they don't have an aggressive move to shift the paradigm in their city, it's going to remain in the same hands and the same conditions. We keep electing people and these who who are basically greasing their ass to be sold out. And if they do go in there with a voice like mine, I was told and I probably knew I would be a lame duck. Nobody's gonna support me saying the North Side needs uh forty million dollars every six months. Not not every forty years. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> when you point to right. you point to the trustee that, that the old one of the oldest parts of town doesn't even have the infrastructure to build a six-story building. What does that tell you? That tells you that this is the, that the leadership that's been elected to city city council that look like us have been turning their heads the other direction to go fight some dumbass stuff on the other side of town to go build up other empires, other communities, and keep the dollars going on the other side of town. It took Alvin Brown and whatever he had to do to cut forty million dollars, and then it stifled down. On the biggest part, the biggest part of town in the city, three two two zero nine, is the biggest district in the city. But it's almost like trickling water on a burning house. <laughs> I, 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 you I got what you're saying, Mr. Seabrook. I got what you're saying. But let me say this: it, it is it is advantageous that all of these great minds come together in the black community, let me say it like that, or in the African-American community, or however anyone wants to label it, uh, when all of these great minds, and hear me when I say this, come together and collectively bargain to make sense for progress, not to make sense to argue, but to progress. We have to move to the next level together. We can't do that when you have a city council or a mayor 
or a chief or a deputy who is doing one thing and never involving the community. It is imperative that, and I, I'm going I'm to put myself there, it's imperative as me as a city councilman for the 7th District to keep the people informed and not just a, 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 an allegorical statement just to get elected, but to literally do it. Because the problem is people say the prettiest things and the nicest things to get elected. But once elected, they drop the ball because they are bought and paid for. At the end of the day, you have to have the particular fortitude to say, I disagree with the populace and not be afraid. See, I'm not ashamed or afraid of nobody and nothing because I fear nothing but the wrath of God. So I have no other recourse to say I stand for the people in this district as well as the city, especially in our district. And that's East Side Springfield, even though uh, it is what it is, uh, uh, Ocean Way, Dunn Avenue area. I stand for the 7th district in its totality, not to mention now the landing area as well. So so there's a there's a large, vast uh, array of of people, problems uh, in this seventh district, and we've got to work collectively as a group. And when I say group, I'm well, talking about but, yeah. Well, well I, I will say this: when, when we start talking to groups, just, just to shift things for a minute, and we say, you know, collectively as a group, would you both agree with me that and this is my opinion, and I could be dead wrong. I feel that. It's a lack of education, and now, well, I'm, not, I'm not talking book smart. I'm not talking, you know, going out and getting a bunch of degrees. I think in, in, in the black community, there's a serious lack of education basically of who we are, and if you study any other group of people that's succeeding, 90% of them know who they are. We have nothing to identify ourselves with a lot of times, and we don't even value our own history. You know, I had a young lady that was 28 years old recently, and she said uh, – we were talking about different black leaders, and she said, uh, Malcolm X, he, he, he's dead, right? I said, are you serious? You know, are you are, – are, are you – like, is this really happening in 2015? You know, hey, is, let is, me piggyback back what you're saying today, uh, uh, and I want to preface this, and I hope uh, there there's a lot of people listening that lives here in the 7th District to this uh, – Today I was uh, I met uh, the homeowners association for uh, Hearts Estate, and they said to me, "Quote, uh, Reverend Sams, we would love to have a forum uh, for the seventh district where all of the candidates can come, and all of the people can come and pose questions." And I said to her, and I quote, "That I give give me two days, and I will talk to Pastor Newbill, and I will talk to Pastor Thomas of of of." Um, open arms and see if they would host a uh, 7th District meeting the candidates forum between now uh, and March 24th so that the people can pose their questions. The people can address every single candidate coming. And the candidate that does not show up says to the people that they do not have their best interest at heart. And this would be to every single candidate. That's something that needs to happen, not just for the election, but even after the election, that you be connected to the people. That's how we grow as a unit. I just had to say that, and I hope that word got out, because it comes a time now. It's definitely out there. Well, God bless. It needs to be. And And I support a forum and a meet and greet for every single candidate in the 7th District so that the people will say, now I can make an intelligent and an informed decision on who I want to vote for for city council for District 7 and not have to be led to the poll by a quick pick or by a friend or by the name I heard that I know. Now I can make an informed decision on what's going on in our city. And that's that's one way that we can grow. Uh, Mr. Seabrook, how do you feel about that? Uh, which part, brother? Sir? Which part? 
uh, having that forum where everyone can be addressed and and bringing well, it to the, and and the city council always being connected to their community. Let me say this: we we've already had two forums. Forums are always good. They need to be consistent, and not just one. They need to be consistent all year long. We just had two forums: the Comedic Empire on the north side at, at the, both at the two libraries. Get ready to have two more over here off of Myrtle Avenue. So but that was District Eight, right? I, shit ain't about district. It's about where my people at. Gotcha. That is District Eight and Nine, but it, it, I'm not about the lines. I'm about where the people need the the the, the attention at. That's the entire north side. I, I don't like the word uh, northwest quadrant or northeast quadrant. Uh, it's north side, south side, east side, west side. Uh, right. The seventh district or the ninth district or the tenth district. Uh, I spoke with the North Side Association, and they said they wanted to change the, the name uh, from North Side to North Jacks. I said I totally agree with you. Well, I mean, well, you know, let me ask something real quick. Go ahead. I wanted to ask something real quick. This is what we're doing. My organization, I'm the chairman of the Comedic Empire, and this is what we're doing. We've taken the area, and this is, to me, this is what Dr. Amos Wilson, Dr. Chancellor Williams, Dr. Claude Anderson, uh, you name any of the academia in the past, and now this is what they talked about. So this is what we're implementing in Jacksonville. We've taken the area, basically a squared area. We've taken Myrtle Avenue. Kings Road to MLK, across Myrtle, down to Canal Street, which gives you a square. We're taking this area. We're adopting this area. It's called the Sankofa region. In this region, we, were doing the, we are doing an aggressive outreach program. In other words, we have to look at the, the situation, where we get our instructions from. We get our instructions from the condition that our people are in and been in, and it tells you what you need to do and what needs to be done and what needs to be in place to sustain our people mentally economically, nutritionally, the whole gamut. So that's what we're doing in this area by putting in programs, by making sure that we deal with not only the children, but the adults all year long, free. We don't have any grant money. We're just doing it. If the grant money comes, it comes. If the donation comes, it comes. But in this, by doing a small region, we'll be able to see greater results, and we can identify the results and be able to duplicate the Sankofa region throughout the city. In our area, and this is probably the one of the worst sides of the town when it comes to financing, not financing, but when it comes to uh, well, number one, no resources are coming. Number two, the medium income is eighteen thousand dollars per household. Oh wow! So you're talking about wow. you're talking about a section where the people are well below poverty, but you have you have economic advantages, being that it is all African American. You do have businesses, but these are small mom and pop businesses, which can do a lot better mm-hmm. with better support by Bringing out the neighborhood and bringing other businesses inside the area and saying, hey, inside the St. Kofa region, you have a grocery store. You have you have uh, the urban farms that can that's free food for people. So you can you can end start ending the food desert aspect like we like we got over there and start taking over EWC community garden. We have one on the east side, so we want to put them in the streets. We want to we have to look at really bringing industries. So that we can create jobs, and you don't have to be a city council for that. It's 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 about freedom fighting, liberation on the streets where the bodies are at. So let, let, let right. me ask you this: where, where where can where can you go to make a donation, a website, or something like that? If someone wants to donate to your cause, we have a blog right now. The website is up, mm-hmm. but it's it's been tra- information is being transferred over to Empire dot com. But if anybody okay. wants to donate, okay. then they can just they can do a PayPal. Through uh through my email, they want to really donate some funding to that. Okay. Let, okay. let me say this, Robert. I'm I'm actually in a in an establishment. Uh, I pray that I don't get disconnected. If I do, I will immediately, as fast as I can, call back in because I mm-hmm. want to stay connected to this conversation. Uh, I am out campaigning, uh, <laughs> and I'm uh, I'm 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 doing what I got to do for the people to get elected into office. Because everyone in our district and everyone in our city, it's, impar- it's important to me that they have a good, clear representation when it comes to uh, being a part of this city, especially when we're on the verge of uh, growth and prosperity in the 7th District as well. 
No, no, no. Back, back, back to you, Mr. Dallo. In, in the aspect of uh, comparison, what do you see the blacks in Jacksonville compared to, let's say, Miami, Atlanta, uh, Tampa, New York? You know, are are we lagging behind you? You typically hear, um, well, we're we're behind in every other area. Do you, you you agree with that, or do you think you think it's a lack of education? How I feel, like I said, not necessarily book smart, just a lack of a lack of education on who we are as a people here locally. Is is that what's going on? Well, what first of all, you got to kind of define when you say behind, behind, in, in what aspect? Like when, when you you, you hear something, hey, hey. someone says, uh, you say, you hear someone say, okay, um, the average income mean for blacks here. In Jacksonville, you know, we're behind Atlanta. We're, you know, we're behind Miami. I mean, now keep in mind, Jacksonville being the most populous city in in the state of Florida, it just appears that the blacks here are doing slightly worse than the counterparts. Is is, 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 is there a reason for that? Is is there like a, a network here that's holding holding us back, or or is it us? That's it's number one. If you if you are depending on a system. Then yeah, it is you. <laughs> okay, if you are dependent, not being self-sufficient. Number two, right. uh, when it comes to a city, the city has legislators, executives, a legislative and executive branch that's supposed to supposed to bring industries and make sure that the lifestyles of the people, the citizens, are up to par. So yes, it is mm-hmm. part and partial. The the the, uh, the politicians in the city. When you have a mayor who's been mayor for 18 years in Jacksonville, and when you have when you have uh, officials and religious officials saying, "Listen, we don't want Walt Disney World here. Y'all go somewhere else," so they can keep that small town mentality. Jacksonville is very much a big small town mentality. People people right. here who think they're popular and have some pull are like uh, they have a fishbowl mentality. When it's a bigger view that it, that exists, wow. and when right, when right, the poor right. people, when the poor people, once they realize that those people who are elected officials are servants, they're not the kings and queens, but are the servants of the people. Mm-hmm. Then we begin to get a shift. We are behind number one. Miami is an international city. Okay, you have a lot of people that come from the Dominican, from uh, from Haiti, that come out of these other places, and you have a lot of different. Um, Experience. They they made that a destination a destination spot. Remember, it goes back to the time of the mafia. Wherever the mafia go, they will go to Miami. Then they will go to Cuba. All up and down. If you mm-hmm. ever travel down to Miami, you start you start seeing a lot of Italian named cities going further further you go south south. So you you have to understand this is where the bootleggers and the mobsters put their money. Remember the age of the the the, the crack era. The banks. Banks will open up banks just to launder money in Miami. Remember that. Now go and look at drug wars or the, the drug ink, whatever it is. So you have a lot of things taking place, and so people people want to be around that. And you have the music industry, the entertainment industry. You got the the perfect weather. It's a lot of stuff that Jacksonville just don't just can't offer. Now we did have American Beach that was black owned by the Afro American mm-hmm. Insurance Company. Absolutely, we had Absolutely. all of that. We had we had La Villa. We had Sugar Hill. We had Durkeyville. Guess what happened to it? Let's go. <laughs> the same old person. <laughs> Just think about it. And it and so and what happened is that was an economic base that made black people powerful, that made them influential. And when you lose your economic base you have nothing to fight with. You have nothing to defend yourself with. You now become a real ward of the state. You then now become a wow. reactionary versus a revolutionary. We're always complaining versus going out and doing because it's been taken. Even though we fought and had it, it still was taken away. And I'm not always blaming some system, but you got to look at the root of the thing, the, the, the root mm-hmm. cause of it. So when you compare us to New York City, New York City put out, put out marketing around the globe, come to New York City, Ellis Island, where the streets are paved with gold. People believe that. And they will come <laughs> by the boatloads to New York City. <laughs> you see, Jacksonville is yeah. like, now nah, y'all get your ass up out of here. We're going to build these churches. We're going to keep the, we're going to go out here and grab all this, this cow land 
Calford, and we're going to wrap it off, and my brother going to own this side, my cousin going to own that side, put gas stations, and now you got five families that run the entire city. And it's, so, it's amazing because you can hop in your car right now tonight, drive to Orlando, and it's a total different atmosphere. And, and it's not even three hours away, you know. No, you you know it, it, took a, it took a lot of work in that, though, because, number one, Orlando has Walt Disney World, which which is a huge industry. It has mm-hmm. Universal Studios. These are in this, these things create a bunch of jobs. Look at Atlanta. Atlanta has several black historical colleges. Yeah. All right, Atlanta. Atlanta was a huge number one. You got to look at Georgia. 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 When they going back to the thirteen colonies, they set up Georgia to be a buffer between Florida and South Carolina. So you had a lot of free Africans and Indians that was coming out of out of Georgia. And, and getting hooked up with the ones in Florida and, and messing up the ones in South Carolina. Remember, they said they was whooping them so bad in South Carolina, they had to create North Carolina. So anyway, <laughs> you got to look at the history, man. Mr. Seabrook, <laughs> let me say that I'm in the process. Uh, uh, I've been sitting at the bargaining table uh, with Mark Lemkin. Uh, I've been on the phone with uh, the administrative department for Paramount Kings Dominion uh, in Doswell, Virginia, trying to get them to say yes to bring Kings Dominion Paramount Themes Park to Jacksonville, Florida. That is a a uh, multi-million-dollar industry. That would be money that would come to Jacksonville, not Orlando. Uh, the landowners out by the zoo said they were all in for that. Uh, and so uh, now we have an opportunity to have people to come to Jacksonville, enjoy the festivities in Jacksonville, spend their money in Jacksonville, and primarily that money will come to the 7th District first the 7th district and the 2nd district because the the zoo and the uh amusement park will kind of border the 7th and 2nd district. Uh that's a plus for Jacksonville. Now getting everybody to get on board with it, we had a problem um years ago with Six Flags and Bush Gardens. Now uh we need to move forward for progress prosperity and growth uh, in Jacksonville, and I'm not taking no for an answer. So it is what it is. Uh, I see change. I see growth. I see prosperity uh, for Jacksonville and for the 7th District. That's good. Here's well, some other things we have to look at. When, mm-hmm. Well, some things we have to look at that still, the growth and prosperity, that's good. But you still have contracting laws that exist in Jacksonville where the so-called minority is not equal inside the contracts. What 30%? What 30% of the population? So when it comes to contracting and bidding on contracts, that should be represented. And it's in the documents, but guess what? The city doesn't uphold that. We have to be 30% across the board. We have to make sure that our people are qualified. Not, not the city or government, but we have to make sure that we have institutions that put our people qualified to help build these things that will come to the city, that are engaged inside the housing market to build these these things to do the maintenance aspect because now America is basically turned into a service-oriented type of country. So even if we do have these things that you talk about or things that are to come, our people are still not at the bargaining table when it comes to being skilled in labor and union, only to be told how to be a laborer. So we got to look at, at, for me, I have to look at my people at being in a position of ownership and control because there are no, no jobs, so you have to go out and work for yourself. You have to create some type of job or industry that, it can, that a man can take care of himself and his family. That's why I'm running for office, Mr. Seabrook, to bring sure that we bring businesses, businesses to Jacksonville that we create, here's the words, uh, competitive careers, not a job, which is just over broke. That uh, careers, uh, sixty, seventy thousand uh, dollar careers that you can live the American dream and still have and hold your head up as a phenomenal man or a phenomenal woman in this city. 
uh, and own a piece of the American pie. And it's not just a cliche, it's reality. When we put things in perspective and get people in office that have those visions and direction and uh, the incentive to go for it. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, in 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 in, the, in direct connection to the economic growth, because I got uh, we pressed the time, and you know, there's a lot of people listening, and they're texting me because they want to move on to this this next topic, which is that is you know it stems straight from economic standpoint, which lead us to crime, which lead us to the whole police police brutality and everything that we're facing. Because every, everything we talk about, it appears to be worse in the black community. Period. You know, we talk about cops, we talk about you know everything. We do know that when there is no jobs, that the crime rate is higher. And there are police and law enforcement that, that use that as an excuse to come in and uh, do things. And, and, and I am not against the police. I don't want anybody to think that. In fact, um, <laughs> I, have a, I, have a, I have a few of the – actually, at least four of the candidates that are running for sheriff coming on the show this month. So awesome. uh, this is something that we'll we'll, we'll spill over uh, to them. You know, a few of them have agreed to come on and talk about it here, uh, right here in Jacksonville. Now it doesn't seem to be as bad as it is around the country. But maybe I'm wrong. You, you know, I stay all the way out you know, by St. Johns County, but it's a <laughs> problem here <laughs> in, in Jacksonville too. Hey man, let me let me, go get, let me answer that question. Number one, it is bad. Anytime a cop shoots an unarmed brother or whoever it is. It's bad. I don't mm-hmm. give a damn if it's one one time every ten years. It's bad. Any time a loss, right. a life is lost. It's bad. That's why we went and shut down the bridge. That's why we went and shut down ninety five. We'll keep shutting it down. And we need the police department to come up and stop playing like they don't want to have a civilian police review board. We need that in the city for transparency. We need that so they can get a real a real trust back in the community. We don't need we don't need to. Uh, uh, to give uh, uh, advice, we don't need an advisory board. We want to be in on the subpoena aspect. We want to be in on the investigative aspect when it comes to these crimes that JSO commit. Because JSO is a they don't have a civilian review board. They have. They have listen to this. Listen to this. They have what is called internal affairs, uh, uh, and internal affairs uh, is the organization that's with JSO. Uh, uh, the Internal Affairs Department is is where JSO has uh, an internal uh, management to address issues with officers who step out of line. So that's something that people need to know about. That uh, that's, a, super, that's important. Talk. They, people know about Internal Affairs. It's the same Internal Affairs in Ferguson. It's the same Internal Affairs in New York City. It's the same Internal Affairs that keep giving these people. Off and not indicting them on criminal behavior, and that's and why I, the I, people. I have, to, I have to agree with you because the eternal affairs. At the end of the day, they're cops too. I mean, so it is good to have a civilian, some type of civilian uh, base uh, organization that can have an open dialogue directly with the police officers outside of eternal affairs, because a lot of that stuff, I'm, you know, they cover up anyway. I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not against the police department. I'm against the system. That allows cops to murder in cold blood, or to or to do the things that they've done for several years. But again, you have to understand the origin of a police department, how they were created in America, and you will see why you still have what's going on today. That's why the police department still don't have any black administrators in Jacksonville. Seriously, today. You can guy look at look at Tony Cummings. How long he's been on the police department? He hasn't he hasn't been promoted to anything. The guy running for sheriff now, Doctor Tony Cummings. There's so much <laughs> stuff going in that police department that needs to come out. But don't nobody want to talk about that. You got to talk well, about why so many military why so many military guys are coming on the police force, which are which gives you an increasing amount of murders in the city because you have a culture class. I'm not understanding, and you have a lack of respect, and you have second rules when it comes to men that look like you and I. So it's well, easier for them to, to shoot them a guy. So it's easier to walk in Walmart and shoot a boy versus going to shoot the guys that walk around with AKs on the back in Walmart. It's easier to shoot a guy running who drops a phone, you shoot him and say he was pointing a gun at you. It's easy to do that. 
It's easy to shoot a guy who has his daughter in the car, and you shooting from the back saying you thought your life was threatened. <laughs> you understand? So these type of things is serious. You can't keep letting that go on. Talking about eternal no. affairs, man. They're not stopping that. We have well, to, tell you what, as citizens, uh, vote I people have, in uh, office. Tony that's going to change go that. Yeah, go ahead. Well I, well, I hope, I hope, I hope that in March that we do make some differences. And I, I've, you know, I've, I've spoke to Tony uh, and Ken Jefferson and uh, Holdingfield. You know, like I said, and and, and there's a forum coming up real, real soon actually with them. And like I said, they're coming on the show as well. So um, I don't know if they're going to come on together or you know one by one. Uh, I'll probably just keep it one by one. And uh, so you know, so people can hear from them too. Because we we, we want to <laughs> yeah. hear from them and see what's 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 going on. I mean, will 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 the new sheriff bring a difference? I mean, is it different when there's a black sheriff in town? I don't know. I mean, these are just you know things that we have, we throw out there and we just ask ourselves. What what difference does color make if he's still for if he's still for injustice? If he's still being controlled by the same aspects that controlled the last sheriff? They color don't make a difference. Uh, can we name six things that Alvin Brown has done for the so-called black community? But we can name six things that went on in the other communities. Can I ask a question, Mr. Seawood? I, I got to ask this question. And and I'm an advocate for uh, uh, the uh, minority or the black or the the. the uh, when you Look, say what has he not done, or what has he done, what has he not done to uh, be beneficial for? Uh... Are you there? Oh, you, oh, you, oh, you yeah, I'm the, here. You took the mayor, Mayor Evan Brown. Wow, well that's that's <laughs> that's that's a we, We're on air, brother, uh, and you're gonna put it out there. Might as well go ahead and put it on out there. <laughs> and we are live. So you tell you asking the question, what has he done? I'm asking you the question, what has he not done for the black community, for the city in Jacksonville? Here we are. We are keeping it real. It's raw right here on the Robert Simmons Show. Go ahead. But first, let me go back and mention that there is no such thing as a minority. Number one, there's, there's no such thing as a minority. I just want to be there for the record. Number two, uh, I can't name one thing he's done for, for this particular area. He just released the money from the, the Northside Trust Fund that's been in there. That's about it. He's, uh, they say he's opened up more community centers, but what good is a building if you don't have the right programs and initiatives to go inside the building to get the people to come inside the building? See, we could talk about facade all day long because that's all mayors do, whether it's, whether mm-hmm. it's Alvin Brown or the two before him. They all have their own agenda. All mayors come in with their own agenda. They all have this, some type of legacy they want to leave. The one that had the better business. They want the port. They want downtown. They want a Jaguar team. It's something, but it has nothing nitty ever to do with the black community. Wow. Now, it's okay. To, I mean, you know, I, I wanted him to speak uh, his piece on, on live so that everyone knows where he stands and how he feels. Now, I'm going to ask one other question. How do we move forward? I've been moving. I ain't stopped moving since I hit the ground. So, uh, when I, I, I say, out, we, we have, we have, we have okay, to take COVID now, initiative. Now, I'm going to go back. Let, let, I'm me ask, go back. let me ask the question. Let me answer the question. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You're, you're on the Robert Simmons we, show, but you're doing the questioning. But we have, <laughs> we, let, we have the same COVID initiative laid out that anybody can be a part of. May 16th, Malcolm X Festival and Parade. Time at Johnson Park. We also have another forum for the political candidates at EWC coming up. We haven't stopped moving. We stay engaged in the city with the people where the people needed at. Okay, but my and I'm with you there. That's well, great. Well, well, my I, we, my we, question we, we, is: Are you letting everybody know about it? Because now this is my first time hearing about it, and I'm a candidate running for city council, and so and and this is what I'm saying as far as being collective, where we all can grow together. And and well, when I mean, you I use the word that, I, we gotta say we. We gotta say us. I use this as a platform. You know, I use the show as a platform. Yes, sir. So people can come on okay. and let, you know, they you know, cross barriers and say, Hey, well we're we're doing this. You know, so so now now we do know. And I mean yes. I'll be there. You know, I'm I, there. I'll, I'll I'll definitely be there and then I'll I'll definitely promote it. And anything, um 
that, you know, to promote. You know, you can put it on my page, put it on the website. The website is down tonight, but it'll be up. And uh, for you guys listening, that's uh, www.realtalkrobert.com. And uh, I'm, I'm always an advocate for promoting uh, things that are that, things that are coming up. And, you know, there there are some things that you, you just won't hear. I mean, you know, right. unless you have a huge marketing budget. I mean, I've, I've seen major concerts come and drop $20,000 on advertisement, and you still won't hear about it. So true. Well, number one, the reason the brother won't hear it in District Seven is because this is a this is a concentrated area effort to concentrate mm-hmm. on one area, what mm-hmm. we're calling the San Copa region, where you can ride down the streets and see huge statues of Tucson Overture, Nefertiti, mm-hmm. where you can have an area if there are real industries that are creating jobs, where there are real programs where you transform the dope boy into the person that wants to be a uh, a, a progressive person in the area. That's what we're doing. So what, who we sent the message out was for those in District 8, District 9, and the sheriff. It wasn't for all candidates because to, to have a forum with all candidates is ridiculous, and you don't get anything accomplished. It's too many egos, too many stories. No. and that way in that, man. You need to talk to people one-on-one in small groups and get the information out and be going with it. Well, I'm glad that you are putting it out there for everybody to know. And that was March my purpose 7. because we need to put it out there. March seventh. All right, March seventh. Well, hey, well, we get we got we got a few minutes left. Hey, uh, Reverend Sam, th- you know, thank thank you for calling in, and uh, y'all always been a, a good supporter. We got uh, four more <laughs> yes, minutes. Man. And, uh, hey, good, man, good, good, good luck, good luck uh, on, on your on your race over there in uh, in District Seven. Thank you, thank you, and Mr. Seabrook. If there's anything I can do to help you, please hit me up. I got you. Appreciate it. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, brother. All right, Likewise. All right. So, uh, you know, like I said, you know, I, I don't I don't live in District Seven, Eight, or Nine, but those are heavy the heaviest concentrated areas uh, in Jackson, as far as uh, blacks or African Americans are 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 concerned when we're talking economic uh, police uh, shootings. You know, it's just it's just something. It's just something about that side, you know. A lot of a lot of blacks, you know, run from that, which I don't think we should. I I I I embrace the north side, but like I told you before, I just feel like it's a a level of of education of us knowing who we are and 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 where we're going. And it takes you know people like you know you what you're doing these different programs for people to come out and 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 get awareness. But before. Um, you know, we shut down. Give, give that information again, the dates and the times for uh, these events. And believe me, I will definitely be there. If you guys need any help promoting, uh, let me know, and I'll definitely promote it for you, help you promote it. Okay. Well, I appreciate it, man. It's uh, March 7th, 4 to 7 p.m. at the uh, Millen Auditorium at EWC. That's March 7th, 4 to 7. And uh, it's uh, V105. V101.5, our nonprofit Urban Geoponics, SCLC, Newtown's Exec Zone, and our other organization, the Comedic Empire. And so it's uh okay. it's it's for the candidates to come out, it's for the community to come out. And we need people to understand when we're talking about this initiative, this is something that has never been done in this city. That's how we know it's gonna mm-hmm. work because it's being ran by people who don't care what other people think. We understand the conditions of our people. We're not concerned about uh future political positions in somebody's office downtown. We don't care about that because we're self-sustained. That's the thing. We can't be bought out. We won't sell out. We don't yield. We don't bend. Our children need wealth, okay? If we're going to compete in the next 25 to 50 years, our children need wealth. We need a an economic base economic that base. we can yeah. build upon. Right. So even if we don't, even if we have an area of a thousand homes, let's say thirty-five hundred people in this Sankofa region, and we decide that we're going to put all our money into this little black credit union on Myrtle Avenue, we just change the game. If we all say we're not going to vote Democratic or Republican, we want you to come sit down at our table and we'll decide who we want to run. You understand? Right. That's economic right. power. That's political power because right. it's aggregated, it's collected, and it can be done in the next couple of years. But the things that we're doing okay. start taking place now in April when it comes to the, okay. the summer programs for these children. These are African cultural center programs for these children. So we don't, you know, the same, it doesn't, like for example, people think charter schools are better than public schools. 
it's the same animal in a different building. If you're having the same right, curriculum right. in the same in a different building, it's the same results. You know, the same same you issues. Right. Thank man. I, I I appreciate you uh, uh for coming okay. on uh first show back in February and um I'm definitely uh be at those events. I believe we're Facebook friends. Make sure you know if you have anything coming up, post it on my page. Uh I hope you promote right. it. Let me know if it is if there are any links and things I can put up to the website. Let me know that too. I want to thank everyone for uh listening. Uh some so this is this is a hot topic. You know, people are scared to call in on topics like this. But it needs to be discussed, and, and, and we did that tonight. So, man, thank you very, very, very much, everybody. This is Mr. Dilo Seabrooks, and we'll definitely be there to support you. God bless. God keep everybody. Till next time. Thanks. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.